Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. I've got my friends alongside to celebrate a 3-0 Boxing Day victory for Spurs over Crystal Palace. And it was a fun one at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today. A, a very Merry Christmas to everyone indeed. And, and, and Spurs fans are celebrating rightfully so. Uh, we've got uh, back from, from his, his, his COVID bout. Uh, on the mend and, and and still getting there. A little bit of a hoarse voice, but Shuban is at the real Shuban on Twitter. Shuban, Merry Christmas from the UK, guys. Shuban is battling through it today, and he's with us. and And, and everyone can appreciate someone playing a little hurt, and uh, that's what he's doing today, which is great. Uh, we've also got the Todd Father on hand at TC underscore Kasho on Twitter. Todd, what's up, my friend? Any day, boys. Any day that uh, you get a 3-0 victory, a clean sheet, uh, Hugo birthday presents in a London derby. It's a good day. It's a good fucking day. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. It is a good day. Happy birthday to the captain indeed. We've also got Scott at DSM Spurs with us. Scott, who definitely woke up this morning and, and watched the game live and, and enjoyed things and didn't didn't buy into all the hype last night that this game was going to get postponed. <laughs> that or he didn't do any of those things. And just, <laughs> he's been watching a replay all morning because uh, he didn't wake up in time. Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I, I know one person on this show will very much understand me and then half of one person will also understand me because he lives in a weird fucking state that doesn't do daylight savings time yes i do but sometimes waking up on on the west coast of the united states for a tottenham game sucks and sometimes it sucks even more when there's a very good chance that it won't happen right so this this morning i decided to not set my alarm and just so happened to wake up at nine o'clock catch very quickly that we did play shut everything down um subsequently look for a replay accidentally check twitter you just like you mechanically just open twitter every once in a while because that's just what we do right so i just mechanically open twitter and fuck you ricky from seattle spurs he said that's three points close i saw that tweet and i knew immediately that the result was victory which of course i was happy about um i will also say that that sometimes um yeah fuck, i don't know whatever we're, we're, what, what we get here is a well-rested scott who can talk about a spurs <laughs> victory and i appreciate hey. a well-rested scott exactly you know, man so you know thing. what anyone else out there who has any issues with me missing the match this morning kiss my ass baby West Coast, <laughs> that's what happens and and a merry know. christmas to scott too <laughs> That's right. Scott's over here. Scott is, is for those at home who can't see what we're doing right now, uh, Scott is in a, uh, a Tottenham blue uh, Santa hat, as he very well should be. And we're Absolutely. appreciative of the effort. I Actually, I have to shout out my mom for that because she listened to a couple episodes back where we discussed that we don't wear red Santa hats around the Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And sure. she subsequently mailed me four of these. Um, after listening to that episode through Amazon, and I have two extras if anyone would like one. Um, I absolutely would. So, yeah, we'll sort that out we, after the we pod. We'll discuss this offline. 
Cheers, cheers, cheers to Scott's mom for the for the Santa hats and being Thanks, mom, the, love the you, blue Merry Santa Christmas. hats. I love that. Thanks, mom. Um, Scott, your 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 plight this morning actually leads me into the first of what are kind of like two and a half rants that I needed to go on during sure. this podcast today, Did and it. that is that uh, anyone who believed the speculation, and this is not blaming you, Scott. You had every reason to believe that this game wasn't going forward today, but. Anyone who in this day and age is is looking at stuff that's not official from the Premier League and just, you know, binning it off. I, I'm sorry. The, this stuff is all going to be last minute. And I get the Premier League has, you know, problems doing this here and, and, and pushing things to the last minute. We saw it happen against Burnley a few weeks ago because of the snow. Um, we've seen multiple games called off last second, which is a real problem. But this is the world we live in and everyone has to kind of adapt to it and everyone has to wait for these official words from the Premier League, from everybody's understanding, you know, Crystal Palace had to go through some testing this morning. And as it turned out, they didn't have as many positive cases as everyone expected. They were really missing like one or two guys from their, from their squad today. I know they were short on subs, but it, you know, their, their plight was not as bad as everyone really thought it was as of, as of last night uh, when, when us West coasters went to bed. I mean, and you're absolutely right about that. And the, the speculation that runs rampant on the Bird app is something that we've long discussed our disdain for. And I appreciate the hell out of that. I mean, if you look at the lineups, though, we saw Connor Gallagher today, Dakota at home listening. We yeah. uh, we, we, we saw Edward. Um, some guy named Zaha played. He didn't play the last time we played. Like, And he didn't play long, but he played. I mean, technically he was there. You know, we saw, we saw Tompkins. We saw Anderson. We saw Jordan Ayew. Like, I don't know. Andrew, what are we yeah. actually talking about? Uh, so, wasn't yeah, I believe he was. And so here's the other thing. And this, I, I said I had two and a half rants. This this will lead me into my you know half of one because it's kind of attached to this one. There are folks out there today on the, the, the Bird app who are wanting Crystal Palace somehow like fined or penalized oh, for, for this today, for whatever it is they think they tried to do. Look. I don't blame Crystal Palace for trying to get this game postponed. They're obviously dealing with something. Spurs have dealt with something in the past. Other teams are dealing with it. I, I, I think it's ridiculous to blame these teams for trying to take precautions. Again, we're living in a different world. We're living in a in a pandemonium right now, and we have to all kind of adapt to that. And um, it just it kind of pisses me off that people are blaming other teams for for what exactly for trying to get a post a postponement trying to push a game back they think they're trying to play tricks frankly even if they are credit to them credit to them for for trying i know that if spurs were trying to do the same thing the spurs fans bitching about crystal palace today would be applauding it would would be would you know that everyone's and joking that, about them being games in hand fc they want more games in hand for later in the season well so. i mean especially during this period andrew the, the facts are we have a game in 48 hours. Right. From Crystal Palace. So exactly. call it what it is. Yeah. And 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 I don't mind any of the any of the mind games. I don't mind any of it. I, I think it's something that fans can get all bent out of shape about, but I'm not gonna have any problem with. And if anything, it's reflective of how there's a real lack of clarity of what's gonna happen with are we gonna have a circuit breaker? Are we not gonna have a lockdown? Sure. So sure. football is kind of echoing the uncertainty in football right now is is, is echoing the uncertainty in the leadership of this country with COVID anyway. So I can't blame people for one thing. Oh, I'm not too sure I'm going to stay away. I mean, the numbers, was it 41,000? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Numbers yeah. very much down. For a yeah. London derby, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I, I get it. I it is It is irritating. I think, like, the takeaway is 
first of all, it's one thousand percent my fault that I missed the match, right? I'm not. I'm not saying like, how dare people post tweets and me see them, right? It's, it's <laughs> on me, but like, we, you know, we do have to consider the things that we're that we're seeing, you know, and putting out there. And honestly, for me, I very well knew that we may play this morning. I think like. It was just so up in the air to where I was like, whatever, like I'm going to wake up when I wake up and whatever happens, happens, right? Like if if I have to watch a replay, I do. And if I wake up at 645 and the game's on, I'll watch it. Like I'm under quarantine for anyone who doesn't know that. So I can't leave my house anyways, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it was just kind of a toss up to where I was comfortable rolling the dice and whatever happens, happens, right? But And I understand the spot the Premier League's in. It's a tough fucking position to be in, right? Yep. You, you want – to the competition or to remain or to, to retain its integrity. And it's hard to do that. The more games you postpone, right. You also want people to be extremely safe. Like lives have to come first. And I know they do. Right. And the premier league decided this morning that it was safe enough for the game to happen. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to, to fall on either side of the bay because we could talk about an entire pack stadium and how that negates all of the protocol anyways. Right. Right. But, right. But no, um, you know, I understand that it's a, a very precarious position to be in. And the least of my concerns is that I missed a match this morning, right? Like there's bigger, bigger problems in life and we have replays, but um, this, you know, is a, a much bigger conversation with much more gravity, I think, than we remember at times, right? No, there's no question about it, Scotty. And and look, I appreciate that you can take a ribbing about it and, and we can all laugh about it and have a, have a, have a chuckle, but we took, we took, quote unquote precautions in our group chat late last night i posted hey if this game gets canceled let's put out a short little tiny podcast today because we always podcast on sundays it's kind of our thing um just saying how much it stinks that the game got called off but we'll look ahead to southampton and move on um just as a you know wanted to check in with you guys and and make sure that was okay and and if if we wanted to just do a short pod but the game went on and and here we are doing a, a full pod now about it uh which is great and and with that in mind Let's talk about it. Uh, we had a lineup today that was a little bit different. Uh, ben Davis was was on the bench instead of in the starting lineup. And this is something that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say it, it, it raised alarm bells for anyone, but everyone was kind of like, oh, that's, this is different. You know, Tanganga was on the left uh, with Sanchez out on the right. I think there was some speculation of, uh, as to which side either one would play on. But otherwise, it was pretty much a, a return to, to normal with the 3-4-3 um, other than that small switch. And... <sighs> Guys, what was your I mean, Todd, let's start with you, man. What was your first reaction to to Ben Davis being out? Was it just a, a rotation thing, a rest for the guy? Because of all the rotation. feels like Liverpool, it, right? Liverpool, yep. West Ham, break, Southampton. Bingo. Um, and I thought Ten Giga played admirably. Yeah, I agree with you. I was a little nervous. Um, of course, we know what happened last time against Crystal Palace with Tanganga. Mm-hmm. It did. It didn't go swimmingly. Uh, of course, the shoe was on the other foot in this match. With with, with and we'll get into to what happened with Wilfred Zaha. But um, I just thought Tanganga performed admirably. And I, honestly, it's another it's a it's another weird match for for us Spurs fans to kind of break down because when we look across the lineup, Shuban, I'll come to you on this one. Who, who was the standout? Because it feels like there's so many guys that were standouts from this match. Uh, it's, it's hard to pick just one, right? It is. I mean, I've, I think Lucas kind of saw what Bergwijn did on against West Ham. And I don't know whether it's, he ups his game or not, but we have competition. From, apart from, say, the Ben Davis role, we seem to have competition for nearly every area. And it's good to see. I mean, I, I, I think that maybe, that I think, 
probably right wing back. I think I'm going to talk about Emerson later, but um, you know, those are the only two roles you're thinking we don't have a lot of cover, but everywhere else we're doing, and I'm obviously obviously striker as well. But no, Lucas, I, Lucas came along. I was a bit like, do we play three five two or three four three? But it seemed to work. The three four three. Palace were very good at pressing us. Um, JNS was talking quite a lot about that in the game and how it was three versus two. But I, I mean, I'd love to hear what you guys think. But I don't. I thought Palace were doing well, but I don't think we were over overrun in midfield. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah, Shubon, you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and I think it's a really good point. A lot of people have debated three four three versus three five two. And for me, it's kind of simple. I think if you have the three four three like they played today, it, it probably means that you're expecting to have a little bit more of the ball, a little bit more of the emphasis on attack. If you're playing with two up top, you're you're more than likely playing against a team like Liverpool, who are gonna probably control possession for the most part, or a team like City. Um, where you want to use Kane and Son in that kind of counterattacking role in a dual role up top. I think either way, I think Spurs have the pieces to make them fit. And this is something that we've kind of talked about over the last few weeks and Conte kind of just making it work. And even, and you mentioned Palace in the first 15 to 20 minutes or so actually did a really good job of pressing and, and, and forcing the issue. And, and for a little while there for the first 15 or 20, so 20 or so minutes, um, Spurs were under some pressure and, and, and it looked a little nervy, but things kind of turned on the first Zaha yellow card, and from there it was it was all rolling downhill. Scott, what's your opinion on this? I mean, three three four three versus three five two, and and kind of just the way that that it flowed with this match. Yeah, I mean, I think the I do agree with you that it it I guess is much more dependent on how much of the ball we expect to have than anything else, right? How we're setting up, and I can't necessarily put my finger on exactly what it is right because i think the 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 path of logic would lead me to think that a 343 would almost be more effective if we're going to look to counter right because kane and kane and son just behind kane looking to play off of kane's movement is effective on the counter right but God, God knows that Antonio Conte is one million times a manager I'll ever be. So I'm not going to pretend to understand that, right? But it's most definitely hinging on how much of the ball we expect to have, i.e. Liverpool setting up, you know, with the two-striker system versus today. Um, it's 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 still all about Kane, though, as much as I can't put my finger on it. Um, because Kane is the linchpin in either one of those setups, right? Tongi sitting behind Kane and Son. Or, or Lucas and Son, or Bergvine and Lucas, or whomever it is sitting behind Kane, right? It's all about how we want to, to Kane to be used in the final third, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we definitely have our, I think, our, like, 14 or 15 guys sta- sta- uh, stapled down right now, which is huge. And I think that gives Conte enough flexibility to take different approaches but not change things too much, right? Like, it's, it's going to be a three, four, whatever, every single time. And I think that continuity is really important right now, um, especially as we see more guys like Tanganga mixed into that, right? Like we don't want we don't want to just see Dyer, Davies, Sanchez every single match, right? As much as I'd love to see that, I want to see more guys betting into this system, right? And so Tanganga starting for Davies today I think was important. I don't know what that decision was. I don't know if Davies is sick, injured, or if Tanganga just started today or whatever, but I was glad to see it. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know the the point is we've got 15 really solid first team guys right now, and I'm talking about you know Winks and Bergvine and 
Tongi when I when when I add those additional guys to, to you know what is probably our best eleven in quotes right now, um, and it gives Conte a, a a lot to work with, and you know like I said enough flexibility to um, to be effective with changes, but not too much to to disrupt what we're doing as a unit, right? Todd, it feels like the the flexibility of the two and the and like I said the the different moving parts. I mean the the array of midfielders we've talked about and the ability for them to go three across across the front with Bergvine or Lucas with, along with Son and Kane or just with Son and Kane up top. I feel like the flexibility of it all is what kind of makes this work and the adaptability of it all for, for Antonio Conte, right? Well, I think that this kind of solves a problem that Conte's way of, uh, of approaching kind of solves a problem that Tottenham have had for a long time, which is we've got just a, a, a plethora of midfielders and have not necessarily had a great system to utilize them. And Conte's kind of come in and solved that problem. It's also, as you mentioned, extremely adaptable, which allows Conte to make in-game adjustments better than previous managers have. And that allows the exact same players that were on the pitch to actually know what the fuck they're doing. Shocker. The biggest difference that we've seen in this in this football club over the last few months um, is undoubtedly Antonio Conte. And not just the not just his way of going uh, about things on the pitch, um, but the the intent with which he does things is infectious. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And it's interesting, you know, we, 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 we get on here seemingly every week nowadays and just say Antonio Conte has changed his football club for the better and it's going really well. Obviously, they're unbeaten in six Premier League matches under Conte. They've got a total of 14 out of a, a possible 18 points in the Premier League since Conte. But it's also, for me, a big part of it in, in watching these individual matches is how the game flow goes. And in this one today, we saw, you know, it was interesting. We saw that that early Zaha yellow, and then a few minutes later, Kane scores. A few moments after that, Lucas scores. And a few moments after that, Zaha sent off for just pure stupidity i think he just took boxing day literally and thought that he was supposed to start fighting um he's a fucking clown he's always been a clown i do not like wilfred zaha there's a reason why he's been stuck at palace this long yeah he absolutely that was a hundred percent karma for the bullshit that happened with jaff earlier in the year like fuck wilfred zaha it was very silly but it's also it, it it allowed spurs i mean honestly once they went a man down uh, and 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 two nil down. I, I kind of relaxed. I, I thought this match is over, and it allowed Spurs to take the flow of the game and use it to their advantage. Uh, the biggest thing I wanted in the second half of this match was for three subs to be made and for 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 rest to be given. And Antonio Conte was able to take <laughs> off Harry Kane in the sixty fourth minute. He was able to take off Youngman's son in the seventy sixth minute. And he's able to take off uh, Pierre-Emile Hoybier in the 79th minute. All of them get subbed. And as you mentioned earlier, Todd, 48 hours from now, Spurs are are set to be back on the pitch for another game. So those are really, really good things to me. And I can appreciate the fact that Spurs, not that they took the second half off, but that it was just a little more relaxed with the lead that they had built. And obviously they were able to tack on one more. And it was that was great to me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it's something where when you look at the way that Antonio Conte goes about his business, 
there's 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 a, a method to the madness, right? There's 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 a reason for what he's doing. You asked about sitting Ben Davies. Well, if I'm looking at this and going, okay, well, you know, I've got a healthy Reggie, and I've got maybe Davies who 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 needs a blow, and we're going against Jordan Ayu, who's going to turn in a five point five today. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and sit you, and, and we'll talk about uh, we'll, we'll talk about getting you back at a full strength come 48 hours from now that's such a that's such an intelligent way of doing things it's funny to say it in that fashion um, but it's almost like his predecessors um didn't get the common sense piece that came along with that andrew yeah yeah, it's Whoa. it's it's it. You have to take that to heart. I mean, it it's not that we're calling them stupid, but it's like certainly not. Come on, guys. Like, let's get with the program here. Go ahead, Scott. Well, yeah, I I, I mean, I agree hundred percent, but I also think there's an element to a manager's ability to get buy-in from the squad when you make managerial decisions. You know, and I'm not saying that Davies is like this guy that would everyone would throw a fit if he was benched, right? That's not my point at all, but. It's much easier for a guy like Conte to say, hey, look, you're not going to play today. This is why. And have there be absolutely zero repercussions from the squad for that than a guy like Nuno, right? Um, and I don't I don't mean to bring Nuno into this. I really think he's a great guy. But when, when the football is as drossy as it is on the pitch, right, it's probably hard to get the guys to buy in. And a guy like Conte comes in and pretty much anything he said is going to be taken taken as gold, right? So, um there is a slight element it's a good shot. here, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Todd. It's a very shrewd move by Conte. You know, he's he's been around the block a couple of times. And, and it's not like he's been a manager for that long, but in his, you know, decade of management, he's done a lot of really, really impressive things. And, and he, like I said, any decision he makes is going to be taken well. But, um, you know, credit to him and credit to Tanganga too, because Tanganga really stepped into, you know, a position that's, I mean, he can play it well, but it's certainly the opposite side of the field than what he's come up playing, right? And he, he slotted in well. If I was Rodan, I'd be worried, though, because oh, yeah. I know that he played, I think, quite a lot for Swansea when he, before he came to us. And um, he's just not getting game time. And one of the things I think Caroline, who's new to, who's new to the pod and did the brilliant Spurs women's segment, she was talking about Brian Hill, who obviously came on. But I think players like Joe Rodan... And Brian Hill, they're going to really miss out from us not being in the Conference League. And they're definitely players that we, we should be looking to get out on loan because they need game time. And it, I don't think they're going to be getting much game time under Conte at the moment. I'm actually really glad you brought those two, those two players up, uh, Shuvan, because Rodon isn't, isn't one I had thought about, but, but we did talk about Heal a little bit in our group chat earlier. And I think the point you make about a potential loan in January is really important. I know there's been some rumors out there about Brian Heal potentially going on loan. I think Rodon would be another good candidate for that. But I also think that there's something to be said for having the squad depth. Um, if Spurs are going to, you know, obviously don't have the conference league to, to deal with anymore, which is, as we've all kind of stated, a good thing, but also for those particular players could be a slight curse because they're not going to get the, the the regular playing time that they might in those every couple of week games. But you got cup matches, you got games in hand. I think there will be opportunities for those guys if they happen to stick around. And there's the, uh, there's the added element of them being in training with Antonio Conte every day. 
And and I think that if, if they go on loan, if that's the decision that's made, great, good for them, as long as they're getting the, the regular game time. But if they don't, I still like the idea of them being under this umbrella at Spurs under Antonio Conte and and getting that that hands-on training every day from this guy and his staff. Well, I absolutely agree with that for the majority of them. I think guys like I think guys like Brian Heal got the playing time that he needed last year. And I think that he needs the professional seasoning that Antonio Conte provides at this stage. Uh, uh, exactly. A little, a little salty action. Uh, but I think Joe Rodon on the flip side of that coin isn't getting games. He's been buried and buried and buried, like literally buried on the depth chart. And he's, he's, there's talent there. Um, I, I, I don't think that alone is, is out of the question for a guy like that. Um, but I think that there's more opportunities than maybe we're looking at, especially with things like Morecambe coming up in the cup and like, you know, the, the, the opportunity for um, some of these makeup games to be slotted in midweek as we try to get back on track. Like there's, we're going to need depth. And so I, I, I think that Conte is really good at kind of collecting his cards and understanding what he has in his hand and then playing it properly. So we'll see. There's there's one more player here too that has not been mentioned yet, and I was wondering if you were going to trigger the mm-hmm. the the third of the holy trinity of rants that I have today. Go but, ahead. I'll, but I'll just get it out now. Um, Giovanni Lacelso was not in the team today. Nope. There are a ton of people on the Bird app, and I'm just going to blame the Bird app for this because that's what we do. But there are a ton of people on there saying a number of things that are really kind of out of line and kind of ridiculous about Giovanni Lacelso, talking about um, the man's laziness or talking about how oh. he's a he's a waste of money uh or talking about how you know look here's the bottom line we don't know what's going on with giovanni lacelso we don't know if he has a knock we don't know if he is ill maybe maybe stricken with covid maybe coming back from covid we just don't know any of these things maybe it is that antonio conte doesn't favor him that might be the case but the speculation on this guy has run rampant and I'm kind of sick of it. I think it does no one any good to speculate come January. We may find out what, what, what Giovanni LaCelso's future holds, but until we find out what's the point of, of, of slagging this guy off or just saying that he was a waste of money or, and is a waste of space. I don't get it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to, to have a solution like everyone else is, but until we get one for me, there's no point to the endless speculation about the guy. Speculation and overreaction is the whole point of Twitter, Andrew. You know that. That's why. That, 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 that's that's, kind that's of why I'm not want. good at it. That's why I'm very bad at that. At that. At that. But we, we did speak about this just before the show started. That I think out of does it the seven or eight players who basically everyone's looking at as in like creative midfielders who are past part, you know, like press resistant, very good progressing the ball. We mentioned them. Was it um, Ceballos, Van der Beek? Um, um, obviously, La Celso and Andombele with us. Um, De Jong at Barcelona. I think Bruno Fernandes is probably the only one that's really had any success in that type of player. And I think Todd kind of came up with a very interesting solution as to why he's been successful. But um, I just think oh, it's I don't a fucking know, penalty merchant. But that's another conversation. <laughs> anyway, right. well, I don't know whether it's, came, it's just because the way football is changing. You don't have those kind of players. Like we don't have. You don't see traditional wingers the way you used to anymore. So maybe that's just a phase or whatever, but I definitely do feel that we see for like um, 
Argentina, I mean, I mean, I definitely last year at the Copa America, he was instrumental in their success. Yeah. And, and there's, there's clearly a player there. And like a lot of us had written off Harry Winks and Deli Alley, and they had good games. So I think it's just about going in, taking chances, and does the manager willing to pay you? Because right. ultimately, you don't. I'm not looking at the manager saying, "Oh, he didn't play this guy. He didn't play well. He should play this guy instead." Because I thought midfield wise, I thought we were pretty solid, pretty decent. Skippy is just. I'm. 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 I'm hoping that Gareth Southgate watches none of our matches, so Southgate doesn't ruin him. Basically, mm-hmm. because I'm just because he's been playing superbly and. And I'm hoping that, do you know what, because when you look at him, some of the tackling, some of the stuff he gets involved in, this is, that's kind of what you want. And I don't know how much context, but I, I, don't, I haven't heard the, comp, the post-match, but he said, look, Skip's player, I'm looking to improve. I'm looking to improve everyone, though, not just your Harry Kane's. I'm, I'm looking to improve absolutely every single player. Yeah, no, and, and I think that a couple of points there. One, on Giovanni Lo Celso. Um, he's a confidence player. He's somebody that you need to, he needs to play a consistent amount of minutes in order to get the best out of him. If you look at 2017, 18 season with PSG, he was instrumental in winning the league with them. Uh, same thing, the, the Real Betis, when he was on loan, had a deep cup run uh, in the Copa del Rey, and he, that was instrumental, was Giovanni Lo Celso and everything that they were doing. When, and same thing with the, the Copa America with Argentina. When he gets consistent minutes, he makes an impact. The issue with Giovanni Lo Celso in a Tottenham shirt is that he hasn't been healthy enough to make a consistent impact. These are facts. And so whether it's been COVID or whether it's been you know injury or whether it's been whatever it is, he's not right and hasn't been right in a minute. I so great points by both of you, and I just want to piggyback on both of you because Shuban, I think the point that you make about and, and you beat me to it really the idea that Antonio Conte has gotten really good performances out of players like Deli Alley, Harry Winks. Um, I, I mean, let's be honest, Steven Bergvine, Steven Bergvine, let's be honest, we were kind of skeptical when Conte first came in about what Oliver, Oliver Skip's future was, and he's looked like an absolute rock star since Conte got here. You um, were skeptical, okay, fair, I was. Skeptical. <laughs> But I think we were I think we were at least, you know, wondering what the future of a young player like Skip would be under Conte. And he has he's, he's taken to him and, he, and he's, it's a it's a duck to water situation. Um, the point that you make, Todd, about, you know, him needing consistency and needing consistent minutes and having had that elsewhere. I think that's fair. And his health has certainly been a factor in that, um, which is not something that, you know, you can I mean, you can blame a player for his own health to a certain extent, but also you can't. You know what I mean? Um, the other problem with that, though, is in this midfield right now with at Tottenham Hotspur, even if he was fully 100% healthy and playing well and, and part of a rotation, it's still going to be a rotation because there are so many guys that are going to need minutes. So he's not even if he were like on on his A game and healthy right now, he would not be getting full every game minutes because there are so many players that are competing for those spots right now. Well, what I would say is that he wouldn't necessarily be starting. But if you heard the comments that Antonio Conte made about Giovanni Lo Celso, he said, you know, he can do a lot of things that we like in this system. He can play, you know, out wide. He can be the pressing midfielder like we've seen Delhi be. He can play the 10 role like we've seen um, Tongi play in that 3-5-2. Like we, we, we have options with Gio. And it just truly is a matter of, deploying deploying him in a way to make him most effective and with save his first season with us when he was arguably in the latter like the, for the second half of the year he was our player of the season without a doubt um 
save that year with us. He hasn't been healthy enough to, he hasn't played more than 17 matches in a season for us since he got here, save that first year. And so how can you really judge the consistency of a player over the course of of 25 matches in two years? Yes, a hundred percent. I totally agree with you. And it's, and this is kind of the problem that I have, you know, it's, it's the, it's really the, the other, and look, I'm glad that this, I'm glad that my rant has turned into a conversation about this player rather than just me ranting. I appreciate you guys for, for, for letting that happen and letting it develop this way. But the thing that really pisses me off about all of this is the he's a waste of money. It's not your fucking money, people. Like, <laughs> you That's know, annoying. why are we, why are we bitching that, 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 that the club spent money on a player and it hasn't worked out? That happens all the time to uh, every club. Yeah. Clubs spend money on players and it doesn't work out sometimes. And if this is the case of that, so be it. Well, I agree. I think the interesting thing, and this isn't like me dropping a stat. We talked about this before. It's just me bringing it up in conversation, right? But I think 32 matches for Spurs was the most matches he'd ever played for a club in his professional career, you know? So he just he just doesn't ever play consistently because he's not, it's true, Todd. I assure you, Google it. Um, You're talking about Giovanni Lo Celso? Yeah, his 32nd match for Spurs marked the most matches he had ever played for a club in his professional career. So the guy's never fit, dude. That's the thing. Like he's he always injured. Matches for PSG. So or 39 then his 39th okay. match. For Whatever. Whatever. What? I, I'll, I'll, I'll back Scott on this. We did look yeah, this up a enough. while back. Whichever, yeah. whichever match number it was, and it wasn't that many for Spurs. That he once he got to it, it was like, wow, this is the most he, matches he's played for a club. Like. Which is wild. Yeah, it was 39. My bad. But yeah, so I think it's still not very many, right? Um, and my point is, I love the dude to death, but like, if you're not fit, you're not fit. And it's as simple as that, right? And I think that's the biggest issue here because to Todd's point, if you're not fit, you can't get consistent minutes. And if you can't get consistent minutes, you can't play for a Conte side. Like, you got to you gotta be able to bet in at some point, right? And I think that's the issue here. So he's a hell of a footballer. I just don't think it's going to work out. Kind of like Joey Rodon, like, I don't mean to backtrack, but I, I think that, you know, it's it's damning that we're playing so much football and Conte really only has five center backs at his disposal. And one of them is just not in the fold at all. And he's only using four guys. Right. So that's very telling. It's not me speculating. I mean, it's just, it's obvious, right. That Joey Rodon's not getting minutes and there's a reason for that. So, um, you know, I, I suspect him and LaSosa could, could be on their way out on the loan. You know, there's, Already the the quotes flying around that Lacelso not quotes geez but just the you know the, the the I guess the conversation flying around that Lacelso wouldn't mind to move back to Spain um, and I can't blame him for that right go back to Spain on loan get minutes and try to figure this thing out because when you're at his point in your career kind of like Adeli who's obviously faring better right now it's now or never like figure it the fuck out quickly or your, your career will have a much different trajectory than you expected it to 18 months ago, you know? Well, and, and what's wild about all of this speculation that we're doing is that, you know, the season is so long that come uh, late April, early May, Joe Rodon may be starting on the left. Giovanni Lo may be starting in the midfield for Spurs and, and we, and they may be kicking on just fine. We just don't know. Injuries happen. Changes in attitudes, changes in latitudes, guys. I mean, this is this is something that 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 happens. So we just don't know, and and that's part of the joy of a of a long Premier League season, and it's part of the joy of watching this team and all of its ebbs and flows and ups and downs. 
um, it kind of leads us into a, a, another interesting conversation about ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Um, our good friend Matty Hayes, uh, a Tottenham blog fame, uh, reports, reports that Harry Kane is in discussion about a new contract. And I think that's significant. I think that's after everything that we've been through with Harry Kane in the last six months or so. Um, I think that's a really, I think that's a BFD. Um, Scott, yeah. I, w- I want to start with you on this because during the summer, you were the most Harry Kane can go F himself type. And w- let's hear it. What do you got on this? Oh, I'll start by saying Harry Kane's clearly bought back in. I mean, when you when you look at the Bergvon goal the other day, Harry Kane was the most yes. excited person on the field about that goal, right? And I think that says a lot about the relationship they have, but <clears throat> more so that Kane's really bought back in, right? It's obvious. Um, and it's Conte because – who wouldn't be bought into Conte. And I think that's a huge reason why we went after him. Like it was all about to crumble and we were going to lose Kane and have Nuno and a bunch of shitty ass fucking soccer players. Right. Um, and we, we got Kane back by bringing Conte and I, that's not why we did it, but it's a huge piece of it. Right. Um, and I assume Conte just went to the board and said, I don't give a fuck how much it costs you. Do not let me lose Harry Kane, or I probably won't be interested in being here anymore. You know? Um, I, I really think that has a lot to do with it because if I'm Conte and I see Kane sold for a hundred million and they bring me in, you know, whoever that we know will get no one near as good as Kane, I probably just walk. So I think that Kane contract is probably straight from the mouth of Sir Antonio Conte. And I have no qualms with that at all. So if Kane wants to be here and Conte wants him and we want to sign him to a long-term deal that sees him, you know, get close to retirement at Tottenham, then let's fucking go. Can we just talk about the fact that his his two goals over the last two league games were both one touch finishes? Just saying. Yeah, he's a, he's a decent striker. I, that's I what I hear. That's what I hear. Well, he hasn't. The funny thing is, it's December. We're we're talking about this in December, not in September, and it's taken a while. But oh my! He, no, 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 no! I'm I'm giving the guy credit. He he's coming on. You can see it, and we've he's been talking about this record this year. We, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, and, and Todd and I have been going back and forth joking. You said he was going to get 20 goals. Yep. I, I said he might not get 10. Um, <laughs> I, he's obviously going to get to 10 if he keeps this up, but, like, the guy is coming on. And, I, and look. Well, he's double digits in the season already in all competitions. So just In all comps, yes. But we were talking in the we were talking in the league. But yeah, yes, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. If you remember, there there was a, a uh, uh, Labrooks wouldn't even take – bets sure on you can they had the thing where you would like come up with the uh the the odds that you wanted to have gareth bale <laughs> score 10 league goals last year and it went from that to in a in a three-week period it went from name your own odds to 10 to 3 and lo and behold old buddy got like 11 or 12 in the league last year you look at harry kane and you look at a few of these matches that are coming up and they have harry kane hat trick written all over them just you're going to be coming coming by the bucket full here, Andrew. I'm just saying, man. A lot of football yeah. going forward at Tottenham these days. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout-out to my buddy Richard from uh, uh, Charlottesville Spurs. Um, he, said he was actually – he uh, actually yes. said that. I think about, he actually said he'd shave, he'd shave his head. If, I don't know what the result was, but was he asked Bergwijn. a really question. Bergwijn. Is it Bergwijn? Well, I think something he said that was um, – is is it was is Antonio Conte just that good? Was Nuno that bad? I actually think it's a combination of both. I think Conte is levels manager. This is a guy that 
manage Juventus, manage Chelsea, manage Italy, manage Inter. He is he is like a, what I call a levels manager, that level of manager. We we hoped that Nuno could reach that level, but he was always stymied by the fact that he was seen as a glorified temp. And if you're if you're Harry Kane, you're looking at the, the next year's a World Cup year possibly. You know, you're looking at you know City doing incredible things. You saw them; they scored like seven goals today or something. So you're looking at that and you're looking. Wait a minute, think. Do you know what? I want to be up playing. Someone's going to improve me, and clearly he didn't think as much as he liked Ryan Mason. He doesn't think, you know, he doesn't think oh, my ex team is going to improve me. He saw Nuno; he just wasn't impressed. But if you look at say what um, what's it um, Lukaku says, quite he speaks very warmly of Conte about how he improved him, that what they used to do in like the video drills, the stuff that he was picking up in training, and I think you've got someone you've got buy in. I think from Harry Kane, and if you've got buy in. From, I, I, I still think Sonny's the most important player. Sorry, my voice is going. But if Kane buys in, then everyone else is going to buy in, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think Kane sets the tone. I think, and Hugo, who had a very happy birthday, Hugo, by the way, he had a very quiet game today. But I mean, someone like Hugo, who's seen, like, you know, won the World Cup, has been around world class managers, he knows his stuff. And if Hugo's, Hugo's buying in, Kane is buying in, Sonny's buying in. That makes everyone else buy in as well. If that makes yeah. sense. The rebuild's like almost starting to take shape at that point. Finally, you know. P E H. It can't be said enough. That guy's been drinking Kool Aid. He's been drinking a fucking Kool Aid since the moment Conte walked in the door. Like yeah. it. P H is 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 a consummate professional. He's the definition thereof, and yeah. and he's like that type of attitude is starting to grow within this club, and it's exciting. There was a quote in 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 the Athletic from Kane about. Uh, him, him. Basic, basically, to, to summarize, it was Harry Kane is being ex- is, is excited to be working with Antonio Conte and feels fitter than he thought possible in such a short period of time. And I jokingly spouted off, and, and this goes to 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 the to the absurdity of the bird app. But I jokingly spouted off that it it it's it's amazing what giving a damn can can do for 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 a player. And I, look, I, I get that the Antonio Conte of it all makes a big difference, but the if if Harry Kane, if Harry Kane didn't give a damn, he he wouldn't have been he wouldn't be improving over this last month. Like it still t- has taken him buying in and giving a damn to 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 improve himself and and improve what he's doing and show this. And if he's gonna do that, and if he's gonna buy in, look, he's still not putting hashtag coys in every tweet, which I will I will rag him about. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's sarcasm, folks. But. The guy's obviously buying in more than he was back in August, September, where he was completely buying out. Um, and I do think that the manager has ninety percent to do with 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 his, his attitude change. Probably more than it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, maybe I think more it's than everything. That. It's the, yeah. the the Harry Kane position has always been as long as the club will match my ambition, I will stay here. It's mm-hmm. always been that. That's never changed. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Going from Jose Mourinho in 2021 and that very antiquated system, to be fair, to Ryan Mason, to Ryan Mason, to Mourinho Light in Nuno Espirito Santo, it's a decline that any professional would look at and go, "Yeah, we're not trending in the right direction. I need to look at other options." Antonio Conte is an entirely different situation altogether. And it's something that you can literally hitch your future to for the next two to three years. Despite an antiquated system, you still don't fire Josie Mourinho six days before a cup. Yeah. Manager. 
for those of you for those of you that heard todd hesitate when he was calling uh jose Mourinho's system antiquated uh that was because he saw my reaction to falling even more in love with him just now (laughs) dude no because my goodness that is the perfect word for it (laughs) Uh, you guys are spot on man (laughs) sorry todd's gonna todd's gonna go off now because he yeah mute yourself it's true man it's true I, I love that you say that because I've been barking up this tree for, for a while that, that yes, Mourinho improved Kane and son and led them to great things, but it was not, that was not something that was ever built for the long term. And I don't think Antonio Conte is quite built for the long term, but he's at least built for the longer term than Mourinho in my mind. He's built for this next Kane contract. I'll tell you that. Well, because I don't want us, I don't know that I, I, I would never want to, and this is just me, Scott, sorry. I don't know that I would ever want to get rid of Harry Kane if I'm Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, he's somebody where I swear to God, I'll, I'll Wayne Rooney his ass and, and put him in center defensive midfielder. If we can keep him around, he can keep spraying the ball. Right. But, um, well, I think but, that's the point, though, Todd, not to interrupt you, yeah. but I, th- I think after what happened this past summer, I continually said that was it. He's not going yeah. anywhere because yeah. that was his one chance to go. I don't think he has another one. And I know that even in the aftermath of all of that, people were like, well, he'll go, he'll go next summer. No, he's not going anywhere. And this proves that I think. And, you know, I'm going to buy into to, to, to our boy, Matt Hayes's report here and say, yeah, this probably does get done because of Antonio Conte. And because of not just that, but Kane knows he can't go anywhere. Now he missed his chance. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would say that he missed his chance to go. But what I would say is that I think that he missed his window to make the splash Premier League move that would have kept him in this country and chasing the record and kept him the focal point of uh, English football. Um, as the I, don't know what the di- I don't know what the difference is between those two things, though. I still think he can go to Spain and, and I still think he can go, you know, and, and be a Galactico. And, and, okay. and I still think that'll happen. I still think he could go to Italy if he really wanted to. I still think that the it's like doesn't have the money. But but I think we're talking. But I think we're talking. You're talking like in another seven to ten years. No, no, no. I'm talking in another three to five. He does. Oh, his geez. ankles don't have seven to ten years. I'm not. I'm not sure that they do. Well, that's at, why at he would have level. to move. That's why he would have to move. Out and of, this is out what I'm England. talking about. So I'm saying like somewhere in, the th- in this next contract. It's my opinion. This next contract will be a three year contract with an extra year, and I think he'll get paid extremely well. So will Charlie. Uh, and I think that um, Charlie can buy another motorbike. That's what I'm saying, and just spin it around the office uh, for his one client. Um, no, it's it, we, we 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 kid we kid. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I really I'm, think I'm, 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 I'll take any opportunity to make fun of Charlie Kane. On this Fair enough, he, he's his name. Um, no, I think Scotty. The, at the end of the day, though, this is about legacy for Kane. I mean, his son was born uh, this past year. Like, this is something where you know he he's he is part of the fabric of this club. And I, and I think to Andrew's point, I don't think that it makes sense for him to make a move in the country going forward. He can still move if he wanted to, but I don't think from a legacy standpoint that it makes sense to move to another English club. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even know if, if he's going to go or stay. Like I haven't even really thought about that too much, but I, I just know he's bought in right now. And I think that's content coaching matters. I know Emerson, Emerson, said something along the lines of Conte showed him like 10 times in a row of, of one simple, like 
piece of footwork when receiving a pass in a certain situation and just made him run it over and over and over. And he's like, and my God, it worked, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, um, <laughs> but just basically Emerson's point was Conte is teaching us so many little intricacies of the sport that, that clearly they weren't going over, you know, with prior managers at the helm or whatever. And it seems like Conte is just kind of like an obsessive guy who will not compromise like period, you know, um, like a lot, a lot of the, the, to be the best in the world, like you, you, you kind of have that, you, you don't really have that ability to turn off, right? Like if you're going to be the best at something in the world. Um, and I would imagine Conte translate that translates or passes that along to his players mentality pretty quickly. Right. I.e. a guy like Lukaku coming out and, and saying that an Antonio Conte really improved him. And if, if I'm Kane, I think I look at the managers across Europe and, Really, there's only three that I think can really make me a better footballer at this point, and it's Conte, Pep, and Klopp, and they're all in England, right? But, um, you know, that might beg the conversation, <laughs> does he leave, does he stay, is there another opportunity? I don't mean to bring that back up, but um, Conte is one of the guys that he will certainly feel very strongly about being able to turn him into the world-class footballer he wants to be. Because if you look at Amazon – he sat down with Mourinho and Mourinho said, like, I'll, I'll turn you into a Ronaldo, into a Messi, blah, blah, blah. Seven years prior, Mourinho probably could have done that, right? But I think looking back, it's a guy like Conte or Pep who's going to be able to do that for Harry Kane. And he doesn't need to move to City anymore to have that, right? I do worry the fact that there are clubs like a PSG, like Real Madrid, that could poach someone like Conte from us because they're just a big club and... We are in the terms of the third spot. I think he's only got another 18 months and, and like, what is it, a year to, year to extend. So that does worry me. There is a specter of that. Well, but, it's, it's funny you say you that, Shabon, though, something. because he, I don't think he wanted to leave Milan last year. And, and you know, they kind of forced his hand on that with, with all the players they wanted to sell and they kind of wanted to break it down. I, I think if, 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 he could, if he's continuing to buy into what he's able to do at a, at a club like Tottenham, I don't know why he wouldn't want to stick around, even even if it is beyond the eighteen months. He's a well, passionate guy, but still, his track record would would suggest that you know he doesn't stay any place for longer than three or four seasons. So, I mean, we just we are where we are in this in this day and age like that. We can't expect more than that. Uh, the um, the amount of heartbreak that this fan base is still dealing with with the way that Pochettino left is not something that I think anybody's ready to dip their toe back into again. So, you just kind of need to look at it. the way that I view it is is you just kind of need to look at it as, as being thankful that we've got a manager that plays Tottenham Hotspur football right now. All I will say is this. Conte, I can only imagine, has no plans to leave before a Premier League title because, like, that will be his goal. I'm serious, though. Like, oh, I, I know. And I'm sorry. Is- I, la- I, I laugh in um, – uh, your, 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 your goals are so lofty and I love them. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at top four. For, oh, for I'm, just, I'm, I'm not saying this year, man. I'm saying no, next year. will want to be a Spurs until he wins a Premier League title is what I'm saying. It's not happening this year. No way. I, I echo that sentiment, Scott. I echo um, that sentiment. I think he's looking at next year as his title year run. With yeah, I agree. Because he will feel like he has failed if he doesn't win the Premier League. Like That's what he does, right? He comes in, he fixes yep. things, he wins a Premier League. He wins, he league. wins a league yeah. title and he bounces. He doesn't care about European titles. Like, I mean, he'd love one, right? But like, he is, he is all about winning the league and i i respect that a lot right it's a, it's it's a challenging thing to do 38 matches right anybody can get through a couple of knockouts by the skin of their teeth you know hence us getting to a champions league final 
for fuck's sake with a pretty poor squad, but but to win a Ooh, league is is, is slander. a whole other thing. Oh, whatever, man. Wings and Sissoko were our double pivot. All right. The Sissoko uh, slander out of your mouth. Goodness I love Sissoko. All I'm saying is Winks and Sissoko are not the two I would expect to carry us to a Champions League final. We got that, right? My I, point is no skipping. I just, here, I just find it interesting that you you guys are saying that, that Conte wants to stick around until he wins a Premier League with Spurs, and I just want to stick around in this earth to see Spurs win a Premier League. Like that's <laughs> Those are the differences I mean, in those levels. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, and I'm just saying, like, if you if you look at the, the, the way that Antonio Conte operates, Scotty speaks directly to it. Like, he operates to win leagues. That's yeah. he obsesses about it. If you if you've watched any of those Juve docs, like when he was there, like he is, he breathes it. And like I said, it's infectious. The intent with which he does everything is evident in the joy he takes in our success. Well, look, here's the cool thing: um, Antonio Conte has ta- this Tottenham Hotspur squad uh, six points out of the top four with three games in hand on Woolwich, which is. Kind of fucking great. Like, that's kind of cool. Uh, they are sitting fifth right now with, like I said, games in hand FC r- rolling along and, and 14, as I mentioned earlier, 14 out of a possible 18 points thus far in the league. That is really, really fucking cool. And the biggest part about all of that is they get to turn around and face Southampton uh, in another two days, less than that now at this point as we're talking. Uh, Tuesday, they face Southampton, who... Uh, helped out Spurs a little bit today in defeating West Ham 3-2. Uh, well, they do get battered everywhere they go. So <laughs> that's that is that is the case for them, isn't it? Um, so what? I guess from a Spurs standpoint, we have to kind of look at this and say probably expect a little bit of rotation. It being 48 hours later, um, we did like I said, we saw some subs made, which is good. Uh, in, in this match today, which means hopefully you get the return of, of Kane and Son and PEH back into the lineup after getting them uh, off their feet early in this one. But, you know, probably Ben Davis back into the lineup. Maybe we get a little bit of a switch in the midfield. Maybe we see players like like Delhi or, or, or Tonki get starts. Maybe we get Bergvine instead of Lucas. Yep. So maybe a little bit of rotation coming for this match on Tuesday because, again, another one coming up on New Year's Day Saturday against Watford. A lot of matches coming for this club, but Todd, what do you expect to see out there? A Harry Kane hat trick. Ooh, I like that. Oh no, I think we're gonna absolutely bang Southampton right now. Like they're coming off of a that was a dog fight to get those three points. They haven't won in uh in London in just eons. And so to get that was a there's a huge emotional boxing day victory for them. And I'm really, really happy that it happened 48 hours before they have to come back and get smoked by the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. I'll say one thing that, you know, what Southampton is about a two hour drive from London. So, you know, like, it's not like, no, no, like going to Burnley or going to Liverpool or something. It's actually a very, it's not very far at all to drive to. So hopefully they'll have like, what, like a day to rest maybe. And, all the tactical work done. Maybe they might have a light session, maybe, but it's not as if they have to. I mean, you, you never know. They could end up flying down something because it's actually so. Because so, there's, I think, some Marys isn't far from Southampton Airport. So, <clears throat> know what could happen? But hopefully, like I say, it'll be a very quick turnaround. And then Watford again is only about what twenty miles away. So it's actually Southampton. Watford's actually really close. I think it's Junction Twenty. Yeah. So from Junction Twenty Five, so it's literally five junctions down the M Twenty Five. So it's actually quite right. So it's, 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 it is a local derby as 
as, as much as it can be in Hertfordshire. Right. And um, no, so I think, you know, like I said, we saw Sonny being rested. We saw Kane being rested. We see Hoiberg being rested. I think we might see, uh, so therefore I think they'll start. I think Skip, I, I, I would actually rest Skippy because he's been like playing that. so many matches and the physicality he's been playing yeah. with, I mean, the tackles he's been playing in, I'd actually rest him up a little bit. It'd be, it'd be, I'm, I'm curious though, what you guys think. Is, would you prefer to see Winks come on as a, as a as the forward passer, or would you prefer to see Tongi? Because I I saw Tongi today, and I was thinking, like, do something, show me your worth, me bothering about you anymore. And I just wasn't impressed. Fell I, over like a dick on I his like, ass. I like that you've brought this up, Shuban, because there's there's two things about it that that I want to say. I I agree with you to an extent about Tongi today coming on as a sub. Uh, gets about 10, 10 or so minutes to show himself and didn't really do much. But at the same time, that match was over. I think they were playing out the string and I don't think there was a need for anyone to do anything spectacular or try to, you know, try to hurt themselves. Uh, I disagree you know, because if, if you're not getting, you're not getting minutes, the manager isn't playing you. I'm thinking I've got 10 minutes here. I'm going to show the manager what I can do. Falling on my ass like, 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 like a dip, like, like a dipstick. Yeah. Doesn't show them a good thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think there's something to be said though for just you know drive you know just landing the plane there. Just just driving the bus and putting it putting it in park and 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 you know landing landing things safely. I don't think he he needed to go out and and be spectacular for 10 minutes in order to to prove anything or earn anything. That said, that said, I think the answer to your initial question is I would like to see Winks. Me too. Because and because I want to see what he, you know, he has really shown me something. And I, I, it's so weird for me to be saying that because I'm so anti Harry Winks, but the guy has been impressing me in the last few weeks. It, he has been very impressive playing in it for the play, essentially playing the cover role, which yeah. is just be a fucking pest and outlet the ball. And Harry's like, Oh, okay. That's what you need me to do. Like he's just a Labrador it, with an eight on his back. Like <laughs> go, go to work. And the, the reason why I like it for this match specifically is James Ward Prowse. And everything for Southampton rolls through James Ward-Prowse. Um, we need to uh, do the best that we can to avoid set pieces because if you think about the last four matches that we've played against Southampton, at least one of their goals against us has always been from a set piece. The reason why? Fucking James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse. So <laughs> if we can eliminate, if we can, uh, eliminate those uh, mistakes in, in set piece range, uh, and if we can get in his face all day long so that outlet balls to Ake are not, um, you know, something that happens often, we'll be in decent shape. Scott, any thoughts on what we might see out of this lineup? I mean, look, you mentioned maybe resting Skip. I, I don't even know that I would mind resting Hoybear and giving – why not give the midfield that we saw a few weeks ago with, you know, Winks, Deli, and, and Tangi a shot – and use those two guys as safety valves. I don't know, but I think whatever Conte is able to put out there, this is part of the the interchangeable parts that we've been speaking of. I think any of it can be good as long as you know these guys are in the right frame of mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see Tongi unless we're playing a, a like a top six side that's going to take it to us a whole lot. Um, like if you look at Liverpool. He was fucking outstanding. The, the Ken goal was all it was all Winks and Tongi, right? Ken had to finish it. Um, I see I see Tongi being utilized a lot more when we're looking to counter because 
he has the ability to to play those types of balls we're going to need if we're going to have you know a, a, a Lucas or or a Kane running off of sorry son running off of Kane um I would love to see Skip get a rest I agree with Shibon I'd play Wings I'd, I'd I'd probably go Wings PEH um I aside from that assist though aside from that assist what did you think Tam Katongi did of note in that match aside from that assist I don't know. I'd have to watch it back probably, but I think I think he was involved in both goals, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was. I think there's yeah. a lot of ball progressing that he does, and I think, yeah, I think he. I think he's even. Game. I think he's even improving in his defensive game a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, and I think he. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I do think he was involved in a lot of things that I, you know, are are probably more like from the eye test against Liverpool. But he was involved in both goals too. But I, I think. I'd go PEH, Winks. Um, I'd like to see Bergvon play for sure. That's a big one for me. Um, I also think we should probably see Sessegnon start over Regulon. Is he um, healthy? Great question. I mean, for rotation's sake, I'd love to see that happen, but maybe it can't. Um, do you expect to see Davies back in? I would be curious to see if Dyer and Sanchez both play again in 48 hours. I think Dyer will. Um, I don't know what, what will happen on the right side. If it's not Sanchez, it's it's Tanganga or Rodon, because I think Davis will be on the left. But I wouldn't mind seeing a Davies, Dyer, Tanganga back three at all. Um, and I could see that happening. And then the, the right wing back position, do we see Doherty? Probably, because those are the two. The wing back positions are going to need to rotate more than any other position in this formation. It, you know, logic would tell you. They run a shit ton and everything goes through them when it really comes down to it. I shouldn't say that. It's not that everything goes through them. It's that everything good requires them playing their job, doing their jobs very effectively, right? Yeah, and and Andrew's made this point, Scotty, uh, on multiple occasions, so I'll give him a chance to, to talk on it a little bit more. But if you look at the amount of times that Conte utilizes two of his three substitutions in the league to switch out wingbacks, it's almost yep. – it's all the time. It's, it's the first it's, movie made. It yeah. is it is big. And 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 I'm glad actually, Scott, that you brought up wingbacks and, and specifically the right wing back spot because I don't think we gave enough um flowers to Emerson Royale for his performance today. I thought he was, I thought it was maybe his best game in a Spurs shirt. Uh yeah. was 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 That's really, fair. really positive going forward, which is I think the one thing that we're still kind of questioning about him, whether he has enough going forward and he was really, really positive today. So I, I just wanted to mention that and shout it out. But I agree. Like the, the rotation, maybe Matt Doherty can come in and do a job. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe he sticks Jaff out on the right and 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 plays him as a wing back. It, it, all of these things are possible. But again, this is what I love about Antonio Conte's Tottenham Hotspur. There are interchangeable parts. There's not an A B team. There's you know the ability to work this whole damn thing as a unit. And uh, it's what I love seeing, and it's what I love Dude. watching. So I was I was pouring coffee, but I got to just I got to give Emerson a shot too because I have said over and over that I don't think he yet has the attacking acumen required to be a super effective wingback. And today shows me that he's figuring that out quickly, right? Because, <laughs> and I'm not saying that I I'm not going to say I was wrong. Like, let's well, let's one real, one right? one game one game does not a a, a fix make, but but just shows yeah. progress is what I'm saying, right? Like his attacking today was visibly improved. Agreed. Contact on him the link up between, I think for for Emerson especially having a fellow Portuguese speaker, I think Lucas. it's quite a this actually Lucas and Eric Dyer as well. 
Yeah. It helps with his communication, I think. And well, I think as Conte spoke about Lucas and um, Emerson, how they're how well they're playing, that they've got a connection there. So I don't know whether that's a hint that they're going to start them again on does it Tuesday or something. But Emerson has been, you know, I, I said to Andrew, I said, Do you know what? I keep forgetting he's only 22. He's he's came to Barcelona quite young. Yeah. And so you think he you think he'd be like 23, 24 or something, but he's actually only 22. He's still a young kid, and well, you know, and I think there's there's you know, there are levels to improve. I mean, you saw some good passing, super some good cross. He looked up, and he had time and space on the ball. I mean, their best player was as it um, is it Pete Mitchell or something for Palace for something like that. And if it wasn't for him, I think Palace would have been even more down. Yeah. which I think gives credit to how well Emerson played because I thought the Palace left back was their best player. <clears throat> he played he played exceptionally well. Well, it certainly um, certainly wasn't the left wing who No. <laughs> uh no. Well, the one thing that I wanted to the, the one point that I wanted to make there is um as far as the Lucas and, and Mora or uh, Lucas and, and Royale combination is that, that when Conte was talking about it, he talked about the development that he that Royale still needed to undergo. And I think that speaks to the age, but it also just speaks to where he is in his career and like the things that he needs to improve upon. Having a connection like the one that he has with Lucas to where like the uh the collect like the pair is greater than the sum of their individual parts, like that's the type of thing that that the truly great managers to are able to uncover within their own teams and use to their advantage. And I think that he really has found that when you, when you look at Emerson and Lucas and both of them being able to come on in the way that they have over, since Conte's got here, I mean, it's a shot in the arm. That that goal that Lucas had today, that's a, that's a fucking logo, man. That's a he posterized Joaquin Slam Anderson. Dunk. Like that, it is exactly. I mean, it, it, you know, if you played any street ball, Scotty, you know that sometimes uh, there's just you, you better. It's best to get out of the way of the shot so no one can take a picture and you end up in, in on the gram. Like Dude, that I was, was gonna say, Anderson today, man. That was that was that was reminiscent of number twenty three. <laughs> you know, j- jumping from from the, the the free throw line, that goal, man. That was. And I can tell you this, Luke, Lucas ain't the size of number twenty three. <laughs> no, these are facts. For our, for, our British, for our British listeners, that's that's a Michael Jordan reference. You might have heard of him. You might not have. But, yeah, uh, that's number 23. Dude, seriously, though, what a goal. And here's the thing about Lucas, man. Like, that guy's importance extends so far beyond the pitch because look at what he does to every signing that comes in, man. Like, he welcomes them to the club. He is the guy that makes sure they're happy, they're comfortable, they're, they're developing friendships because, like, People out there listening to the show are going to be like, oh, friendships. Like, I'm dead fucking serious. These people are human beings. Like, they have to have human connections quickly in order to bet in and start playing football well when they come in as new signings from other countries or leagues, etc. Lucas is always that guy who he seems to have that, like, that side of, of empathy that not everybody has. And I'm not saying that, like, unempathetic people, like, that they're just, like, terrible people or anything. I'm just saying Lucas has this added element of empathy and, like, human connection, I think, that is extremely important, man. And and he's he's a guy that if I'm a manager, I want in and around my locker room for as long as I can have that, regardless of his Why do you say that, though? Because did you say, I don't know if you saw this, but I think, I think TC might appreciate this. There were moments where Lucas was like, I'm taking this. This is my opportunity. And he took an opportunity, yeah. I think, twice off regular. And I think the second time they both ended up arguing about it. And but you kind of want that. I know it sounds really weird, but you oh, kind yeah. of want 
you kind of want a bit of a bastard in your team, someone who's gonna say, "Look, I'm gonna make shit happen." Dude, he's got Eric too, so like, yeah, and, and I absolutely agree with that, and and, and I love yeah. the fact if you, that I think Conte has instilled in them the the confidence to just have a have a pop. You yeah. saw Bergvine off the bench too; he had a couple of pops and things. I also want to speak to the importance of Lucas because I absolutely agree. And it's a perfect opportunity to segue into the personal campaign that I'm waging to bring back Vinny. That's right. Carlos Vinicius mm. is just bagging fucking goals over in the air to VZ for PSV. And we need a backup striker. And Daniel Levy doesn't want to pay a bunch of money. Carlos Vinicius scores goals everywhere he goes. He always has. His goal is a minutes played record. is fucking stupid. Bring back Vinny. I'm down for bringing back anyone that wants to buy into what Antonio Conte is doing at Tottenham Hotspur because everyone that's here right now that, that that's at least seeing playing time that we know of is buying in and I'm buying in and it has not taken me long to jump on this train, even if it might only last for a year or 18 months. I'm, I'm, I'm on this ride and I'm on this ride with you guys. Uh, speaking of all of this, we're seeing postponements left and right. We don't know what's coming for for, for, for Spurs in the Premier League, um, but they are scheduled to play Tuesday against Southampton. They are scheduled to play Saturday against Watford and then go into the cup matches next week uh, against Chelsea and Morecambe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what it brings. We'll see what our podcast is able to bring. Todd, did you did you have have something for us to, to sign off? I on? do. I, I have two production notes. Um, the first one um, is kind of a solemn one, and that is that our guy Ben Foreman here, at San Diego Spurs, had a pretty gruesome injury um, yesterday. Uh, has required some emergency surgery on an ankle. And we just wanted to uh, wish him uh, the best in a speedy recovery. Uh, we love you, buddy, and uh, we hope you're 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 back to kicking our ass soon. Um, the last production piece from my end is a big shout to our guy on Twitter, Cody Mack, whose parents are Crystal Palace fans, who uh, <laughs> he literally talked crazy brazen shit about all week long leading up to this match, and then posted the picture of his dad driving away from the house after the Zaha red card. So big shout to you, Cody, for letting him know what the fuck it is. Wow. I love that. I love all of that. That's that's really good stuff. Uh, one other production note, uh, Shuban mentioned earlier, but Caroline Stefko did our great Spurs women's segment that posted in our last podcast. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, we did a podcast on Thursday uh, following the West Ham match midweek. Uh, go check that out. The women's segment is great. Thanks, Caroline. Um, you can get the update on that. Uh, and we love we love having Caroline on board with with on the Tottenham Depot and, and doing that for us. Um, other than that, guys, we will be back at some point this week. Uh, we're, we're unsure about a midweek pod. We'll see uh, how schedules jive, but we'll be definitely be back next weekend, perhaps to recap both these games if they both happen, which we all hope they do. Um, uh, you know, other than that, that's all we've got on today's edition of the Tottenham Depot. Uh, you can follow the Todd Father at TC underscore Kashow. He is there. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. Follow Shuban at The Real Shuban. And you can follow me at A Stetka. But most importantly, follow the Tottenham Depot at the Tottenham De- at Tottenham Depot on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you get all of our content. Uh, until next time, we will talk to you here once again. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. 
supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>